Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Beyond the Baseline is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the easiest way to find a great deal, pay for your ticket, and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app, enter our code BEYOND, get $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners, more payoffs than any other site. Enter the promo code BEYOND at FanDuel.com. Play a risk-free tournament at up to $10. People, I think, have a, a certain idea about what Serbs are like. My guess is that one of the reasons he picked Boris Becker to help him is because Boris seemed to think that on his strapping young shoulders at 17 when he won Wimbledon, he had to sort of change everybody's mind about what Germany is like. Yeah, I think it's kind yeah. of the same. That's It's deep. I'm deep. everyone, John Wertheim here, Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. This week, an in-studio guest who has come to our uh, luxurious podcast hatch. <laughs> she started laughing, so you know who it is. <laughs> Mary Carrillo, in the flesh. My first ever podcast. How are you? I'm this is your well. first... Uh, this is it, baby. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm thrilled. That's a lot of pressure. It is. There, uh, there are all sorts of ribald jokes I will <laughs> re- refrain from making, but uh, I'm glad, glad I could be your first uh friend colleague wit tennis uh tennis aficionado how are we describing you these days what, what do you uh let's start here okay what do you do when you're not doing tennis oh boy i i Tell think us. i well when you asked me if i if i were to if i could be around for this i think i sent you my november calendar <laughs> <laughs> which had me mm. i even by my ridiculous delirious standards because you know i'm a network surfer I work for five different networks this month. So I work for Tennis Channel and calling the Singapore finals with our buddy Lindsay Davenport and Paul Anacone. And then I went to Brazil for NBC and shot in Sao Paulo and Salvador for next year's Rio Olympics. Then also for NBC, I did the National Dog Show. 
I'm also here for HBO Real Sports, our end of the year show. Tomorrow I leave for a couple of days from Boston to work for PBS for an American Experience documentary I'm co-producing. And at the end of this week, I'm going to be appearing, it'll be, it'll be on the day of the Super Bowl, Hallmark Channel's Kitten Bowl 3. Oh, I missed this, <laughs> You are a network harlot. I, I am a strumpet of the highest oh. order. But no, even but by my, like, slutty standards, five oh. networks in one month is either, you, it, it's either a new high or a new low, depending on how you see it. But, yeah, I, I, stay, I try to stay busy. The, uh, we do this with no notes. We just freelance, which Excellent. is always the best way. There's no uh, in, Excellent. in the C block. We're going to talk about <laughs> whether Stan Bavrinka's forehand breaks down. Um, so how did you um, – I'm always happy to praise you, but here's a piece of praise okay. that gets thrown out, which is Mary Carrillo used to be a player? Yeah, exactly. So how did, how did you uh, – I didn't play long, and I didn't play well. But how did you get into this media racket? It was quite a scam. I, I, um, well, I was writing even, even when I was – uh, playing, I would, I would write some stories for, um, you know, the WTA had a, like a newsletter that came out, and then I started doing a couple of newspaper stories and uh, programs and stuff like that. I wrote a book with Martina Navratilova, uh, a children's tennis book. So I was always writing. I come from a, a fairly right. literary-minded family. My brother's a novelist, among other things, and and so. Um, the year I quit, I was at the, this is a ridiculous story, but I was at Madison Square Garden for the year, WTA year-end championships, and I was the last person around. They'd had special guests on, Virginia Wade, Billie Jean King, during the night in between matches. There was one match left. Were you, uh, as an on-air guest? I was, and I was in the crowd. I'd already, you know, blown the suds off a couple of beers, and I, mean, <laughs> I, was, and I, and I wanted to watch this last match of the night. Most of the crowd was, you know, half the crowd was gone, I'd say, but Tracy Ross was playing Yvonne Gulagong. And I, I love that matchup. And so, you know, some desperate woman from the Virginia Slim said, well, Mary Carrillo's around. You know, she could probably. So I got interviewed in, before that match, and I explained why it was going to be great. And the two guys who were calling the matches, you know, one of them said, uh, why don't we keep her on? So I didn't even have, I had a microphone like the one in front of me right now, but no headset. And I just sort of talk about just vamping. Right. And I just riffed. And luckily for me, and it was a great match. Tracy Austin won 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. And I was just going. Did you have like, fun? I had an unbelievable time. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time, but I didn't think anything of it, you know. And a couple of months later, a producer for USA Network happened to have heard me that night. And I just, it was 1980, Wimbledon. I had just lost in the first round to Pam Teagarden in 14 minutes. I was unemployed. I was thinking of going back to school. I was thinking of going back to teaching because I'd already done a lot of coaching by then. And um, this guy said, I heard you, you know, would you, we're doing, we're starting to show some women's tennis matches. Uh, would you, would you want to try your hand? I said, absolutely. Which is always my response to anybody who ever asked me, do you feel like, of course. Do you want to come into a hub, we'll do a podcast? <laughs> do you want to cover skiing? Do you want to cover figure? Do you want to, have you ever thought of, right. I, do you speak Mandarin? Of course. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> so from there, I got to do men's tennis and then I got to do other stuff and, so that was 35 years ago. There you go. I was lucky. Mentors? I don't know. Who, who kind of, uh, I mean, you know, I, you're, again, I'm, I'll embarrass you and say you have an outsized influence on teaching me the tricks and sort of, <laughs> I mean, who, who took you by the hand and said, don't wear, you know, 
don't wear white after Labor Day. Um, no, I mean, but in there, terms there's a of, lot of to this game, there's there's a lot of yes. sort of potholes you want to avoid stepping in. Well, in tennis, my biggest mentor was Billie Jean King. I was very lucky that we were both living in New York at the time, and she used to when I was still playing. You know, I'd practice with her, and I sat at her knee and watched her live her life on and off the court. And so she was, I think, my my I most mean, important media wise. Media wise, I mean, I had a. There was a crazy guy named Mark Stolberger. He was, he was the guy who had heard me that night at the garden, you know, not knowing that I'd had a couple of brewskis and I was just kind of riffing or whatever. And he taught me more probably than in the first year. I didn't, I didn't know how to hold a microphone. I didn't know how to, you know. He'd be talking in my ear. I'd be answering him back on air. You know? <laughs> he taught me an incredible amount about television and about doing your homework and how to ask a question and how how not to answer it in the same question that you're asking. And he did a lot for me. And then I've worked for so many different people and so many different sports. So, but I, I have to give him, I have to give Mark Solberger a lot of credit. And a lot of people don't know who he is. He's not even in the game anymore. But, and then I had, I mean, there were people I've always loved listening to. I have always thought that Vin Scully was the very best at any sport. And I maintain that opinion still to this day. I mean, I, it's, I, I'm a great respecter of good storytellers. It's why I liked you before I even ever met you. Oh, you tell yeah. good stories. And yeah. that's and that's something that you can work on and get better at. So what you do, you do matches, mm-hmm. you host, you do features, you do longer form, mm-hmm. preference. And, and also, like, how, <clears throat> how malleable you think the skill set is? I mean, how, how different is the drill of covering a live tennis match than doing a real sports piece it's different it's different i mean real sports is we try to make it serious journalism you know it's it's a good show it's a you know and i can do a piece i had a piece on the other last month that was close to 20 minutes long i mean with no commercials that's a nice long patient textured piece so when you get when you have uh, an address like that where you can really lay down and 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 do some nice work that's i love that kind of work i like doing features I've done, this will be my fifth straight Olympics where I'm doing not just player profiles, but athlete profiles, but historical features. It, I, was on a, I was on a former slave plantation last week in Salvador, um, not knowing until I got there that after Nigeria, there are more blacks in Brazil than any other country in the world because they had more slaves Slave and for longer than any other country in the world. So... I mean, I like that kind of stuff, too. I love working on documentaries. Long-form storytelling is my favorite. There's no money in it for me yet. <laughs> I've done, I think this is my seventh or eighth, but I love that process. I mean, more than anything, I guess I, I like swinging from the trees. I like doing other things. Tennis is the only sport I'm at all fluent in, but I love, I love sports, and I love the athletic heart, and I will follow it anywhere. And you like the process of this, too. I mean, you'll... You'll go down and shoot that feature for the Rio coverage on NBC, but I, I assume you're going to see it several times in the production, mm-hmm. and you're yeah. going to look over someone's shoulder as they put it together. You don't oh, just yeah. Uh, yeah. go, go I there, mean, appear on camera, and first time you see it. No, I mean, we, t- we get to talk about it a lot, and we, you know, I mean, that, that's the best part about this whole process, as, as I know you're finding out, is how collaborative it is and how you can spitball ideas, and some of them stick to the wall and some of them don't, but, you know, there's... You, you're, it's a it's nice to be part of something where your voice is really heard and you can you know make a lot of 
changes and adjustments, and you think you're going in with one story, and a whole different story pops out instead, and that's always kind of great, too. And I've had stories that have fallen away. I thought, wow, this, this is going to be good, and then you go there, and you realize it's not really, or you realize, I, I, you know, then you come to know that something is better in print than it is on television. So you, you, right, there's right. so many different things to, to find out about what makes a good story. Great story. How do we support it? Right. There, do you have a you have a white whale? I mean, is there one story that, boy, you wish you could tell? <clears throat> I, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, offhand, I can't think of one that, I, that I'm dying to tell. There is a story I would love to do, and I'm just not sure. We, again, I think it's better written. Maybe you should write it instead of, instead of me. But I, in terms of tennis, when Martina Navratilova went back to Prague to play, you know, as an American against... Against oh right, right. She the, tells it, yeah, right. And right. that, sp- and and unfortunately, there weren't that many people uh, who are around who. Bud Collins was at that thing, and he wrote about it beautifully. And he, I read a, an account of his many years ago that inspired me to think that that would be a terrific story to tell. Because, so here's Martina, and for many years they wouldn't even put her name in newspapers. They wouldn't show her matches on television. And now she's going back, and she wasn't sure how she'd be accepted, and you know, and. Uh, there was a train that passed by the court where they were playing this, this great, this Fed Cup tie. And the train slowed down for about 10 minutes and people popped out of the windows to watch Martina play Hanuman Likova or something. I mean, that to me sounds like a, I would love to get Chrissy and Pam and you know, everybody at, and Hanuman Likova and all the people who are involved in that. I just think that is, that's just one of the great stories. And again, I just don't know that there's visual support for it. Did anyone get that on their phone? <laughs> I think that's, that. that's great. Wouldn't though. that be a I'm good story? Yeah, yeah. I would try to. I would, if there's a tennis story I could do right now, I would try to. And I've also and I've talked to Martina about it, and she's all for it. But again, I just don't know how much, how much footage exists and right. how much you know. But that that would be. I think it's a wonderful story. I would love to listen to Martina tell it along with her friends. See, if you were in the, if you were writing. Mm. You can cheat. You don't need the images. And you right. get Martina to give you a great interview, and you can kind of recreate the scene. Yes, yes. Um, I would say Andre and Steffi. Does anyone really crack that one? I, mean, I, I feel like we t- it's almost like the Williams sisters. We take it for granted. I mean, here are these two Has anyone cracked the, the Williams sisters, for well, that matter? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, honestly, they circle the wagon trains more than even Steffi did, I think. I mean, Groff was always very private. And, of course, she's married to one of the most public personas <laughs> in the history of tennis. Right. You know? Um so I think there are, yeah, I, I... What do you think? You want, you want to talk about the Williams sisters? Sure, I'll do, I'll t- I'll do whatever um, you want. I'm I, here. Uh, I do not disagree with you. It is not incumbent upon them to uh, lay themselves bare for public plumbing, but you do have a sense that there's a lot there that still hasn't been told. You think, think we ever get that? Um, I'd be surprised, t- to tell you the truth. Again, I, and by the way, I, I happen to admire... Privacy. There really is, right. and it's it's in short supply. It seems these days, and I always like that Groff. You know, I was I covered Groff. I'm you know right from the the start of her career, and when things were happening, and her father was in all kinds of problems, personal problems, and you know getting sued for back taxes or whatever the you know he had so many. I liked that Steffi put up his firewall, and you just she let it. She let you know right, that there was no chance she was gonna, she was gonna let you climb over that thing. No chance, 
And I like that she, again, she's circled the wagon trains, just as the Williams sisters do. A lot of stuff has happened in that family, and they keep it inside. The only, and, and, and you know, we both listen to Serena say things, and you, you listen to her, and you, you, at the open when she lost to Vinci, she said she didn't, she didn't feel the pressure. Of course she felt the pressure. Right, you know, right, or, or, right. do not believe what your eyes are telling. I think the only one in that family that I would really like to hear from, that I would trust, is Oracine. Because I don't, I've, I think that, you know, Serena will spin something and her, God knows her father has done that, you know, on and off for many years. And Venus is very reticent by nature, I, I believe, in those ways. Oracine, I think, is the real, if, if I could get one member of the Williams family, you know, to have dinner with, like a real, a real long dinner, I'd want to speak to Oracine more than anybody else, because I don't think she feels like, she doesn't say, in, she doesn't right. say much, no, she's honest but when she right. says stuff, it's the truth. Right. I always sense that when she tells you something, when she says something, she, she wants to tell the truth, and I really, I really admire that about her. Hold that thought, Mary. We're going to pay some bills real quick, whether it's the NFL, college football, college basketball, or the NBA. Sports fans have an exciting few months ahead. Next time you head to the stadium or your favorite concert venue, try the SeatGeek app. It's easy. Find the best deals on tickets. And when you use our code BEYOND, you get a check back for 20 bucks. Here's how it works. It's quite simple. Download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone or Android. It's free, takes less than a minute. Then search for your event, find a great deal, enter the code BEYOND. And when you complete the purchase, SeatGeek will send you $20 right to your home. It's that easy. SeatGeek pulls in options from hundreds of sellers online. They show you the best deal automatically. We often liken it here to Ticket's version of Kayak. You're seeing virtually every available option. Pick the best deal. The mobile app makes it easy. Again, download the app today. Enter the code BEYOND. SeatGeek will then send you 20 bucks once you've made your first purchase. Go to the game. Go to the arena. Go to the stadium. Go to the tennis venue. Get the best deals on sports and concert tickets. Use the SeatGeek app and our code BEYOND and save 20 bucks. So here, here comes a backwards transition. Watch, right. watch this. All right. Ronda Rousey. Okay. We, we, we <laughs> okay. talk about... Uh, you talk about the complete opposite. I mean, just... An Uzi of candor. <laughs> um, so you, you you've met her, her, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, and and, and it was is she of, wide was, open? It was like we all want candor. We all want athletes to be open. This got to the point where I was sort of like too See, much information. I don't want candor. You, uh, it, it got uncomfortable in how. But, well, but anyway, in, in what um, way? In what, where, how are you? This was there were some. I would say graphic discussions. There was some, uh, I mean, sort of what almost sort of jarringly candid to the point of like that you weren't probing. We for need it. to put exactly. Um, but, You're not going to get but, that uh, from from me. So, so Ronda Rousey is wildly public figure. Right. Fought the other night and lost. She has a to that Aussie babe. No, it was in Australia. It was in Melbourne, which right? Is, which is hilarious in its own right for those of us who go to Melbourne. But from New Mexico. Oh, she's from New Mexico. The woman who beat her. I didn't know that. So what the hell were they doing in Australia? They're trying to spread the gospel of, oh, of cage okay. fighting. Okay. Um, so, so Ronda Rousey <laughs> yeah. is this wildly public figure. Yes. And loses and loses badly. I mean, she just got her ass kicked. And I think now, it was her jaw, but go ahead. Well, she got yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, so now this whole narrative has switched to: Will she ever be the same? Right. Greatest upset of all time. And I think part of what fueled this is how open she was. Right. 
and fueling her own mystique. But I wonder, I, I keep thinking about Serena Williams. And you have this, this celebrity who has this aura that's predicated on invincibility, mm. and she loses this fight, and the whole Ronda R- R- Rousey narrative is flipped. Um, this is a long way of sending you up for a Serena question. Okay. Which is, where do you think she is right now? I mean, I, I think it's a strange thing where she had this wonderful year, and yet we still have this lingering sense that she lost the last match we saw her play. Yeah. It was not a proud performance. In the, like you say, she's clearly nervous. Yes. Where Where is she right now? Do you think if, if somebody asked Serena right now, did you lose because of your nerves? Do you think two months on she would tell the truth? She would I say, think, yeah, it, of course. Is it, it, uh, is it you or me with a microphone or is it someone in her? No, her, I, I think I think of her. Her yeah. mom said right after the match that it got oh, to her. Oh, Patrick the said got to she her. could barely move. No, I mean, that's I what think, I'm saying. But do you, totally is Serena two months on, would no, Serena saying, say? Is she saying it to the public yeah, to or the is press, she saying it to her she, friend? Would, oh, to I the, think. Uh, will will she just stand by that? Um, because that's, I think that is part of it all. I mean, one of the remarkable things about watching John McEnroe play his career was how openly and willingly he was, he would admit in the middle of a match that he was choking. Remember, he'd grab at his neck and so, and, and that was such a release for him because at the same time, by the time he had let go of his neck, he was like past it. He said, yeah, of course I choked. And now I'm going to try not to choke. Now I'm going to go. And then invariably he would serve in Bali and win the next point. I mean, I think that's important. I think to, you know, you have to, it's why I like telling long, long form stories. It's why to me, the documentaries that I enjoy, they always have, it's always involve the R words, you know, it's, it's regret, reticence, resilience, recovery, renewal. I mean, those kind of things right. are to me what, what makes, uh, especially yeah, there are as no no straight line trajectories. Exactly, sports. exactly. So where do I think Serena is? I I honestly hope that she's reconciled. Look, it was a rough year for her all around. She played, you know, some very sticky looking tennis all throughout the French Open and won it anyway. Right. You know, at Wimbledon she looked better. At the Open she looked good for a couple of rounds. I thought she looked good against her sister and against Madison. And then she it got to her and. I think the best thing you can do is release yourself of that, you know, just just oh, let right. it go. So if she has let it go by now, which I'm assuming she has, I mean, I'm assuming she has. I think she'll be, I, I still think she can win a couple of oh, majors you're next she's winning year. multiple majors? Oh, yeah. I, I, 2016? I, if not her, who? Well, that's that's the other. I mean, that's the other part, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I think Sharapova can still win majors, and I think move to the goo. Garbina Muguruza. I love. I'm still, uh, you're still. still you're waiting. not sure about Muguruza. You, you're not sure about her as a player points. or as a person. Both. I mean, I thought that that okay. post Wimbledon stretch was very. Hmm. Where she busted up to the I coach. Think I think there's a lot of game there, but you never know. I mean, we said. That I think she can win majors. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of hers. I just and I, I, I like how hungry she is for it. What about uh, jo- joining this other discussion point, what else? which rockets around social media, which is why does Novak Djokovic not get as much respect as his feats merit? I think he deserves it. I, I think he is a remarkable fellow. I mean, to come up at a time when he, when he has, he's two of the all-time greats, and he had to navigate his way past both of them and figure out how to, how to defeat two very different and remarkable skill sets, and then come out on top of that. I, 
He's also very, very bright. He, he's very, he spends every single part of his day, it seems, every part of his day is designed to make him a better tennis player. I mean, he doesn't take anything for granted. He doesn't take any shortcuts. He, and now he's a father as well, and he seems besotted with that idea. Right. I mean, this is a thoroughgoing professional. And I don't know how, I think the, the defiance that he plays with Great on some people. I was going to say, so what's, what's our, uh, is it a stick? But I mean, all right, well, let is me it, ask you this. Um, let I, me, I, have, I, I have a two pet theories, but, but you go first. I mean, I think he's, and, and you know, people I think have a, uh, a certain idea about what Serbs are like, right? That whole Eastern European thing. Well, what, what about even, even in ignorance? Never, never oh, absolutely. a value judgment, like, oh, it's a guy from Switzerland, I can ride, it's hiding right. in the Alps and chocolate and watches and Nadal's fishing, and I love Spain, we went to Barcelona for Christmas, and you say Serbia, and it's not even value judgments and right. history of the Balkans, it's just, but can't I can't relate. I think, that's, I think that's kind of true, and I think, I think um, my guess is that one of the reasons he picked Boris Becker to help him is because Boris seemed to think that on his strapping young shoulders at 17 when he won Wimbledon, he had to sort of change everybody's mind about what Germany is like, you know? I mean, Boris, remember, he, you know, he hated oh, the nickname Boom Boom Becker and all that kind of stuff. And, and he, he sort of, I don't know, I, I, he brought it up more than I think Wait, people... that's really interesting. I never, you mean oh, Germany oh, wait, in the late I, 80s in transition? Act, you're acting like it, Jamie. I have never heard He's anything. acting like it's a big surprise. Jamie's producing this podcast. <laughs> You're acting like it's a surprise. I said something interesting. No, so, that everybody said, a, why the hell Becker is yeah, a strange sense personality match and one's a grass court specialist. Yeah, I got that one. That's, I like, um, I like that's that one. Real. In, no, but you think about where Germany was in the late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind yeah. of the same. That's It's deep. I'm deep. That's a fantastic point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, no, to, but, I, okay, so here's it. Let's, let's talk about. If you could have dinner with somebody, would you rather have dinner with Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic? I'd take no Novak every day of that week. What's I just would, I, because he is again. He's so bright. He speaks English better than any other player on the tour, even Americans and say, Brits. That includes, uh, right. When he won a, t- a tournament in China, he gave part of his speech in Chinese. I mean, this is a guy who he couldn't try harder. I think part of it is that maybe people think he tries too hard to win over fans. And and again, I don't even mind that because I think. I think what he has done is is largely remarkable. I think I think it's interesting too that you know he's tweeting out articles from the Economist. Oh yeah, and, and cl- clearly you know he comes here. You know he did the the weekend before the U.S. Open. He went to the U.N. for some black tie dinner. Mm. That's not what <laughs> tennis players tend to do. No, he's and global. This, this has had no impact. I mean, sometimes we have this. <laughs> the, the athletes say, "Oh, I'm you know I can't just be a machine, and I have right. outside interests." And he has outside interests that seem to have no impact exactly. on his tennis whatsoever. I know it, and, and I'm again. I I'm, I'm a great respecter of that. I'm a great admirer of everything he wants to be and the kind of the kind of image he wants to portray for his country. I just think there's a lot to that guy. And I don't mind watching that guy win at all. Well, I was going to say, what, what, well, that, that was my next question, which is, what about when the ball's in play? I mean, obviously, I'm I, I, I'm always going to love watching Roger Federer. Right play because he makes a, what I know to be a very hard sport look impossibly easy. And there's something beautiful. I like watching people make hard things look easy, uh, whether it's a musician or an artist or an actor or, you know, that to me is just such a sign of excellence. 
Here at the SI Podcast Network, we have four shows that cover the NFL, including the SI Fantasy Football Podcast, hosted by Michael Beller. It's expressly dedicated to helping you win your league. If you're not playing fantasy football, you are likely in the minority, but that can change. This is your chance to get in on the action now when you use my code BEYOND, B-E-Y-O-N-D, at FanDuel.com. Play a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. FanDuel is the best place to play one week fantasy football. Building a team is easy. It's fun. It's short. No worries that Tony Romo is your quarterback and suddenly your season is tanked. Entry fees start as low as just a dollar. There's a league for everyone. NBA, NHL, they're here as well. Tennis is sure to follow. FanDuel is not just a huge tournament. Again, set up a private league. Play against your friends anytime, anywhere. Keep up with your buddies who don't live close by. Win some money in the process. To get started, go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code BEYOND and sign up now. Again, here's the deal. The contest is anyone you want. It's up to 10 bucks. Sign on, use beyond fanduel.com, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. So our media critic here, fellow podcaster, Richard Deitch. You mm-hmm. know Richard. Of course. Um, he, uh, and, I, and I think very, very correctly, quickly, highlights the conflicts of interest that plague our sport. Mm-hmm. Our sport. Um, <laughs> the sport. <laughs> Um, and uh, look, I, I think a conflict that the cornerstone of our sport is conflicts of interest. It was, I mean, <laughs> it was our is, founding <laughs> fathers brought forth. Um, it's, really, it's the bedrock how on you, which uh, this game was created. Why, just, just because, uh, just because <laughs> management agencies, I mean, everyone has, their fa- everyone has their favorite one. My favorite is the management agencies that represent players, but also tournaments and our lobbying to keep purses down, to you basically got, depress the wages <laughs> of the players they represent. You got a problem with that? Um, you got a problem with How do you, Steve, as an honest broker, how, <laughs> how do you, I, I feel like they're different degrees, and yes. in a small sport, everyone's going to have a couple of awkward moments. Yes. How do you steer clear of this? I just do. I mean, I do too. I, I and do. I, I and and I, I, it's important for me, but I, uh, not to have any conflicts. I mean, I want to be able to say what I think and, and mean what I say, and and that gets me in trouble sometimes. And I'll go into the penalty box and I'll serve my time what and is, I'll come what out does that again. Mean? Is that is that tour related? Is that yeah? You're I not going to get the the easy sweet oh know, yeah dinner check by going into the luxury suites. And well, no, it, for me, I mean if. I will say something, and before it's past my teeth and into the ozone, I know that the, an agent's going to be furious, or a mother, or the WTA, or the ATP, or the ITF, or the you know. I mean, there every everybody is you know. Uh, I I tend to say what I think, and and I'd like to think that it's fa- pretty well founded, um, and I'm willing to. I don't want to have to be conflicted about it. I want to, my attitude is if someone, I am not, I was never a famous tennis player. I don't have a huge, you know, name in those ways. So if someone's going to pay me to, to call matches for them, I'm assuming it's because they value at some, at at some level what I think. So I'm going to tell them what I think, you know, and, and, you know, and, but let me just say, we both, you know, we, we both work for Tennis Channel. I've worked for a lot of different people over the years. And I work with plenty of people who have conflicts of interest, who have, you know, they're either coaching or they're doing something. And, again, I personally wouldn't put myself in that position because I probably would roll around at night in bed and, and, 
have a little trouble sleeping, but I have gotten more information from those people, you know, and... Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I mean, mean I, I uh, glean so much from them. I ask them things, and a lot of times they'll say, all right, well, you can't use it right, on right, air. Right. And I will say to them, I don't want to use it. I just need to know it. I, just I don't want to say... Yeah, right. I just don't want to step in on the landmine. I right. don't want to say the wrong... I don't want to... This press release makes no sense to me. Tell me what this really is. And, right. and, and uh, you know, from all different, uh, all different networks, people have been so generous to me, not just Lindsay and... And Paul Anacone, I mean, it's Chris Everett has been a great help. She's had so many people come through her academy. Darren Cahill is very generous with his, with his thoughts. And these, you know, they, they know. And, and again, there are times when they'll say, you can't say this, but I'll, you know. Or, and I'll say, tell me what you can. Tell me what you will. And tell me what I can't say. And tell me what I can't say. And so I'm, again, I use those people, you know, and I... I consort with them, and I trust them, and I make use of the fact that that they <laughs> that they have so many different uh, ways to, you know. To, so you're saying to it's, it's always been thus. I mean, this well, pretty much. Trip. And again, I don't. I'm not saying that. I, I, and and the funny thing is, you know, we both work with Justin Gimelsov on Tennis Channel, and Justin knows more about the machinations of the ATP and all the politics of this sport than anybody. I know. Uh, anyway, right. and I'll ask him. I'll ask him something very inside, and he'll say. Sometimes he'll tell me. <laughs> sometimes he'll say, "Mayor, you don't. You do not want to know how that sausage is made." <laughs> and, so, and then sometimes I'll say to him, "Actually, I do. I want." And then he'll tell me. I say, "Ooh, you're right. I really didn't want to know how yeah. that." But I mean, that is <laughs> <laughs> the walking tour of the sausage factory. <laughs> there are some sausages you really don't want to go near, but. Yes, I mean uh, it exists, and you. I think everybody, and we've had this conversation before, John. Like I tend to judge people and judge myself by what they say no to. You know, how far will you bend? What what is okay and what isn't okay? And and you know, we all have our different. We all land in different places on that. And and my feeling is, and I've left. You know, I left a network because I there are too many conflicts for me to deal with. You know, not just among the announcers, which is one thing, but just the the network itself. And so, I mean, in the end, you you pick the hill you die on, but you also pick the hill you live on. And it depends on on what you can take and and what kind of people you want to work with, and 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 how much you want to work, and what you want to what you want to do with your days. That stuff's important. So. What is it about this sport? I mean, I, I feel like every, every uh, I've never seen a, in, never mind a sport. Wait, I've you never cover seen a lot enterprise. of sports. There's nothing like tennis? I have, there's nothing like <laughs> tennis, but, I, but I'm also, I mean, you love it. I love it. I mean, the truth is we're lucky enough so that if tennis disappeared tomorrow, we would find other things to do. I mean, we're here by choice. This isn't, right. you know, the only, but I, I feel like I've never seen an enterprise, never mind a sport that beats itself up. So regularly, everyone's got an idea of how to improve it, and this sucks, and that sucks. Let's let's zig where everyone else zags. Why? Why is it why like are, that? No, well, no, the opposite. <laughs> no, why? What's appealing about this sport? Why oh. is it you've, you've got a dozen <laughs> networks you could work for? What is it about tennis and Tennis Channel and covering the sport and commentating that still that is still like? Is still on, yeah. Well, well, I, just, I what have are, what to, are the virtues and not the vices? I hearken back to an, an article I read about Arthur Ashe, and this was back in the, like the, the 70s. So the tours, tours were erupting and exploding, and things were going on. And 
the Handsome Eight were around and the WTA had just formed and this and that. And Arthur Ashe was asked, you know, what he thought of it all. And he said, tennis is a healthy mess. And I just, I love that he <laughs> knocked those two words together because at times I feel like, you know, tennis is an unhealthy mess too. But I like... I, I think it's a beautiful game. I, I mean, I just, just uh, I happen to like racket sports. I think it's a beautiful tool. And I love that you can play it any way you want to play it. Right. You know, you can, you can stand back or you can come in or you can, and there's no other sport that's played on so many different surfaces and that changes a lot. I mean, most sports are either played on grass or on, you know, wood or whatever, and, and tennis is played on hard courts and clay courts and grass courts and indoors, and I mean, so that changes the way, you know, you have to play your 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 style and of of attack or defense, and I just I love, I I think it's a beautiful game, you know, the sport can kind of drive me nuts, but the game itself of tennis. Did you did you feel like a deep beautiful. dark? Uh... I think it's beautiful. You, you know what Arthur once said about Jimmy Connors? Which he's, one? <laughs> he's, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. I feel like a healthy mess is sort of the collective version Isn't of that. Isn't that right? But I, I always feel like the dirty secret, I mean, you say it drives you nuts, yeah. and it does. And you say this is a sport that can't get out of its way, yes. and some of these decisions, you bang ahead. But I also feel like journalistically, from a storytelling, yeah. from an arc, from Rees, yes. God, I'd rather do this than cover the NFL. I, I think so. And, and, and honestly, I, I'm the... I'm the first, and I I don't like football, and I and I, I it scares me. I mean, the concussion st- stuff is devastating. I think to to somebody like me, but there is no I don't know. There's a better sport on television than football. I mean, all of the camera angles and all the strategy and all the it's no, war it's games. I mean, for, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. it's made for television. Right. But I think tennis too has got a lot going for it because it's just two people out there and. There's no helmets. There's nothing to block the expressions on the faces of people. I, you know, when HD came along, not only did I love how clearly you got to see the ball and how you can see the skid marks on clay courts, but you got to see the faces. You got to see the sweat drip off of somebody's chin. And so I think tennis is a, it's a very televisable sport. And, and if, you, if it's done the right way, you can tell stories in between points and in between. I, it used to drive me, we were talking about Steffi Groff before, the hardest person to call to tell a story about was Steffi Groff because she played so fast. <laughs> so, right? like, yeah, exactly. I would beg my producer sometimes, right. just instead of showing a replay, I really got to tell this story about, you know, one of her German Shepherds. Yep. So don't give me a replay like, or Why give me two over? replays or give me, give me time because she played so quickly. And so there, and there are things that drive me crazy that don't drive other people crazy about tennis. Um, it doesn't drive like me crazy. Like let chords, I don't, Oh, well, yeah. Let chords, like, really? You really think that takes a lot of, we really need to speed up the, the sport by playing let chords? And that means, like, people all over, old people all over the country are going to have to start playing let chords. And in doubles, you can, it'll bounce off a net and you can kill somebody with right. it. <laughs> I mean, to my mind, if you're really trying to speed up the game, you know, enforce the time between points rule. Enforce right. the the challenge mosey every time somebody you know they wander up on, before they challenge uh, like there are plenty of ways to yeah, speed exactly. up like, well, the toweling the toweling yeah. is ridiculous the picking at your shorts takes away <laughs> like so uh, you know all these phony injury timeouts and call the trainer and so we all have different things that drive us nuts right. you know grunting to my mind it was supposed to be dealt with in 2012 how'd it's, that go <laughs> 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 I mean so we all have things and, and my 
like an idiot, I tend to think of myself as a, I'm supposed to be a guardian of this sport. I adore it. I adore it, you know, and I'm trying, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like I have to protect it, the good of it. And, the, and so when people say, you're so critical of it, and they're like, no, I'm doing it because I think it's important. And I don't want to be agnostic about something that I think is, is detrimental to the sport. So again, I, I happen to like that tennis is so unique a sport. It's so different from other sports. And, and I think it should be, I think the, the stuff that makes it special should be preserved. I'm not one of those people who says, oh, like, we got to make it all these new, and it's, you know, changes are only good if the changes are good. Right, right. <laughs> Just to change it, because basketball did it. Like, I don't care if basketball did it. That's great. But this is tennis. This is a different sport, and different people play it, and different people watch it. And I think you just got to take care with that stuff. What, what about, uh, you say, to what end? I say, well, it could get bigger. Someone had an interesting point. They said, you know what? What if it is what it is, and it's a nice niche sport, and it's not going to be the NFL, and we're not going to double our ratings? Well, it's not going to be the I mean, NFL is the biggest sport in this country because people gamble on it. I mean, that's it, right? right. Is there any other? I mean, it's obvious. Again, and I, I'm the first to admit that it looks, it's an amazing sport to watch on TV. Yeah, but but say, the reason it's, it's big product, is, But it also, all these sort of, you check the boxes, and there's, there's violence, <laughs> and there's scarcity of product, and, the, right. and I think whether the NFL talks about it or not, I mean, you're right, these... This, this gambling is not just another level of engagement for fans, but also means people are watching these blowouts. Exactly. The game may not the the game may be in doubt, but the spread or my fantasy football team. Exactly. Um, I and feel like t- tennis has not done a particularly good job of taking advantage of some of these audience trends. Like what? It's, I mean, you know, the UFC is popular because they built a reality show around it. The NFL is... Right. The NFL right. doesn't just like this... The NFL is an investor in daily fantasy, and you sort of t- tennis is very much on the sidelines with right. social media and with and, and everyone's trying to they they all want to lower their demographics. You know, I, I you know I think the average Olympic viewer who watches it on TV is like between fifty five and seventy. Like so, if, all of a sudden you yeah. want all right, let's bring in younger sports. Let's right, let, right. let's have all, let's have snowboarding and let's have you know Half so pipe. and and you know when you look at that, I, I mean I've looked at those things. And I'm not sure what to do with any of it, um, but this demographic data. Yeah, the demographic. Like yeah, right. this is what this is who watches basketball. This is who watches football. This is who. I mean, very. Let's face it. Very few sports that are watched are also played. I mean, a lot of people who watch tennis actually play it. That's <laughs> so, right, right, right. So well, I mean, I think that's something is, we got uh, going for well, us. Tennis also is much better as far as a gender divide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. So, I mean, there. I a lot of virtues here to this. I, I happen. I I'm still a great believer in it, and I will I will always try very hard to express that. In, in no matter what I'm, I mean, it, I I I like. There are things about tennis that I think shouldn't go away, and there, there are plenty of things that should. But yeah, I'm, I like this sport. I think it's a very pretty sport. Hmm. That's a good place to end. I would say right. as a storyteller. What do you think? We were mm-hmm. all over the place. We, we kind of sprayed Ronda the room. Rousey. We talked about uh, <laughs> Prague in the 70s. and uh, Boris, That tends Boris, to happen Boris when we start Becker. talking. <laughs> That's great. That's the beauty of the podcast, though. I liked it. So this is my first podcast. You did great. Am I, are you going to ever have me back? Or Absolutely. Was We're going to have a new office. We're going to have a new podcast studio. Wow, even Sports bigger than, better than this? Maybe we'll do, do another one in Australia. Uh, we can go mobile. Okay. You'll be in Australia? I don't, I don't know. I haven't been asked yet. I'll ask you. All right. 
All right. That was our guest today. Terrific guest, as you would have predicted, Mary Carrillo. We thank her for coming by live and in person. We're going to go get some lunch. In the meantime, thanks again to everyone for listening. Keep the suggestions coming. One of you mentioned it was time we got Mary Carrillo on the show, and we tried to comply with that. So feel free to keep your suggestions coming. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again next week. Thank you.